1: Hello guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. I hope that you guys are well and I hope that you're staying safe as always, and things are good wherever you're listening to this show around the world. And welcome along to our Miami Grand Prix Preview, the second of F1's huge leg of consecutive races, where we'll be having five races over the course of the next six weeks. We've had the first sprint weekend of the season in Azerbaijan, which brought up plenty of Of talking points and of course as we head into this race in Miami I'm pretty certain that there will be plenty more talking points for discussion not only in this episode but also the review of this race no doubt of course if you are new to the YouTube channel. You can support us by subscribing to the channel and liking the video as always. It really helps us out a lot. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. It really does help us, guys. So if you can afford to do it, please do so. It's absolutely free. doesn't cost you a thing, but it will mean the world to us. And of course, we'll give you a shout out on the next episode if you give us a five-star review on your favorite pod platform. So we're going to change the format of our preview podcast in the past we'd often talk about some of the news topics leading into the race and whilst those have always been fun to do I kind of get the impression based on the feedback I've received from you guys that you want us to change the format a little bit you want us to switch it up and sometimes they've dragged on a little bit and admittedly that's a fair point and I would absolutely agree with you so we're going to change this up and do something a little bit different something that I've not seen too many people do before so hopefully you guys will enjoy this and let me know your thoughts on On this we're going to talk about a few questions that you guys have sent in to us and of course you can do that on our socials if you have a question about the race whether it's before the race or after the race do send it in to us on our socials Um, our links are in the show notes if you're listening on the pod platforms and it's also on the youtube channel as well you'll be able to see those on insta twitter etc etc and we're also going to base these episodes around our predictions as well so of course we're going to have different categories for predictions And we're also going to be scoring ourselves on these predictions as well. So just a quick recap on how we're doing right now. So far this season, I have nine points. Lee has 11 points and Courtney has eight points so far. So it's very tight at the moment after a few races. So no one's got an unfair advantage. And so we'll see how it goes. Let us know your thoughts on the new format. Of course, joining me on this episode, as always, we have Lee Warrington. We have Courtney Pine, full house here at DNF1. Lee, let's start with you, mate. How are you doing? Are you okay?
0: yeah i'm good thank you I'm, I'm really enjoying the the idea of the back-to-back so <laughs> yeah after that four-week hiatus it's like yes racing racing racing
1: <laughs> yeah it's a lot going on you really got to sympathize with the engineers and all the personnel that have won that work tirelessly that you know for us fans five races in six weeks seems exhausting but can you imagine what's going to be like for those yeah. guys absolute hell all over the place but uh yeah, that's uh, that's the reality of Formula 1 these days, and if uh, Stefano Domenicali gets his way, we'll probably have that quite regularly, which is a, a worrying thought for those included. Um, Courtney, let's talk to you as well, mate. How, how are things with you? All good?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, the baby goats are starting to arrive at work, so got plenty of excitement, plenty of um, entertainment to make the day go faster, so yeah, no complaints at my end.
1: Brilliant stuff. So, We got a few questions sent in to us at DNF1 on our socials based on what went down in Azerbaijan, areas that we didn't really address in the review episode. So we're going to start with those now. And the first question that we got in was, um, what were your thoughts, or honest thoughts, I should say, on the Azerbaijan Grand Prix? Um, Lee, let's go to you on this one, because we had the first sprint weekend of the season, and obviously that went down. We already expressed our thoughts on that but there were a lot of people that expressed some discontent over the main race in Azerbaijan. It wasn't the most exciting race, was it?
0: For well, comparing it to previous um, Azerbaijan Grand Prix, it was a bit on the, the boring side of things. Um, Cause obviously previous races, we've had red flags, five safety cars, crashes galore, cars crashing into each other, teammates, even multiple times. Um, we didn't have any of teammates crashing into each other or things like that. Not that crashing makes an interesting race. I just wanted to clarify, obviously, but it's normally a very um, eventful race. And it really wasn't apart from the old car locking up into a corner, a bit of close racing. And the, you could probably argue the only exciting bit was, is Max going to catch Sergio or, or originally is Sergio going to catch Max? Is Max going to catch Sergio? And then once that was clear, that really wasn't going to happen. Is, is Fernando going to get Charles? Um, is Lando going to get in the point? It didn't, there really wasn't much in the, going on. And it was, you could always argue it was a processional racing, which is quite, um, which is quite new for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you reckon, Courtney?
2: Um, Obviously, uh, whilst watching the race and the, listening to the commentary, um, I made a really good point Uh with the overtaking, it was it was easy last season because the concepts were raw. Now we're going into this season and the following seasons and the aerodynamics are going to become more efficient and more complicated. It's going to start making overtaking become more of an issue. Um, I know that the overtaking in Azerbaijan, generally speaking, was a little bit of, a, of an over, overkill, um, a little bit too easy. But there's just a sweet spot when it comes to overtaking and aids, and it's really difficult to get that balance right. Um, if you're not a Red Bull, it just seems to be difficult to overtake. Because if I look at the Red Bull, it seems to be too easy. So again, it's just difficult to get that sweet spot. I think I do think we'll have some more entertaining races in the future, but it, it just seems that a lot of the teams are still learn a lot about their cars this year. So we're not really seeing sort of a lot of close racing even though I feel that the most entertaining entertaining part of the grid at the moment is probably the Ferrari Mercedes and Aston Martin battle because that seems to be changing race by race so I I think the biggest element of excitement we can look at this season is that three-way battle beyond the Red Bull
1: yeah I mean I think one of the elements of why a lot of the fans probably felt it was a bit boring last weekend was, one, there was the safety car, which happened quite earlier on following um, Nick DeVries' crash. And, you know, as a result, it brought everybody into the pits that was going to go on a one-stop strategy and it eliminated all, not only the undercut possibilities, but also the overcut possibilities as well. I know in the past... Baku has been seen as a circuit where the overcut in modern F1 unlikely as it can be has actually proven to have been sometimes the way to go depending on how some of these races go this is why we had Ocon and Hulkenberg go all the way till the very end before they made their mandatory pit stops obviously they were on the all-center strategy and they were banking on a safety car because the one that came out was way too early they would never have been able to one-stop in that regard and it also kind of ruined Max Verstappen's chance of winning the race as well, that safety car. It really compromised him. I think Red Bull, um, I think they panicked a little bit, but I do understand why they had to bring both of them in. Was there enough of a gap to bring them both in and you know overlap to allow, uh, allow them to make their pit stops together without Charles Leclerc getting involved? I don't know. Um, I'd have to be reminded of the gap to sort of have a fair opinion on that, but it really did have an impact. And then of course, the second thing, which I'm certainly not envious of being in this position to make that decision is the DRS zone was moved about hundred meters forward, wasn't it? So, yeah. you know, I think a lot of the big sell with Baku was the fact you get a lot of overtakes heading into turn one because of that really long DRS zone on top of the longest um, period on the entire calendar where you're full throttle in theory in these modern cars, you can do that. And, and as a result, you end up with a huge DRS train, like you saw in, uh, like you see in Monza, and and people often look at Monza and think, oh, it's a race where you're going to get loads of overtakes, but it's not because of that DRS train. So I think you got the same thing in Baku, and I suppose it leads to the next point, really, guys, is you know, are we getting to this point already with these new regulations where it's becoming increasingly difficult to overtake to the point where we're starting to fall back to where we were in 2021?
2: I think it. I think as you said on the sort of long straight circuits, it might become a bit more of an issue. But I, I feel it in some of the more technical circuits. I feel we're still going to get some like some moments of brilliance from some of the more talented drivers. But it's definitely something to keep an eye on because the whole hype around the regulation change was that it was going to get a lot more overtaking. But it's the nature of the beast of Formula One. It has to evolve and always have have a you know, have a good look at yourself in a way to make the sport more entertaining. But at the same time, let's try and stay away from the gimmicks because I think the gimmicks in their own right are a part of the problem.
1: Well I mean you talk gimmicks. Uh, we had the new sprint format last weekend and you know because we had limited running already with only one practice session, everyone was already in Park Ferme because of how the format was structured, and we lost a bit of time because of the red flag with Pierre Gasly when his Alpine blew up. Teams only had a certain pull of data. So there weren't too many drivers that had an optimum setup or even the data to know what tyres to use or how long to use them for, especially the harder tyres, for example, where everybody was doing long distance runs. The only thing we knew is that the soft tyres were dead in terms of a race tyre. And, you know, Lando Norris and Ocon learned that the hard way in the sprint. And everybody was running the hard tyres with next to no data outside the simulators of how long these tyres could go for. So there was a lot of tyre management. And I think you know Charles Leclerc and Ferrari were managing their stints relatively well and you know they ended up pumping in some big laps towards the end which got them that podium Fernando Alonso probably felt that oh if I'd have pushed a little bit more instead of conserving he might have been able to get P3 so I do feel that that was a part of the problem as well with this race because of the format as you mentioned Courtney it caused an issue in the main race where nobody really knew how hard they could push the hard tyres and it turned out everybody was being over conservative they probably could have gone a bit faster.
0: Oh yeah, I definitely think that a lot of the drivers who were running the hard tyre had more pace in hand than they probably appreciated, and that, that I think also attributed, as you said, to the um, to the display with the the tyre management being a, obviously it's always an important thing. But I think it was they, the teams are definitely over cautious on that for the the point you uh, just made there, Adam.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's move on to the second question I wanted to bring up. And uh, we kind of sort of talked about this in the review. But seeing as Courtney's back with us, I think it's a good point to discuss heading into this weekend at another street circuit. And the question that we got, quite a few of them, the same sort of thing, was after the double victory in Baku, is Sergio Perez back in the title fight? So who wants to go first on that one? call you
2: Oh, yeah. okay, okay.
0: Well, you weren't um, here to, to, yeah, on, to This on, is to me, that's, to that's you. That's like, one of you just yeah. take the initiative. <laughs>
2: We've been <being> very, <laughs> very British about this, Lee. Oh, I'll sorry. go, I'll go. <laughs> um, it's Sergio Perez back. Um, You're you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, but I'm going to agree with something that Christian Orner said over the weekend. And that is, I will make a judgment on it. If we see Sergio Perez get the better of um, Max Verstappen on a more traditional circuit, because I think we we all know it's no secret anymore that Sergio Perez is a master of the street circuit. I expect him have a, to have a strong weekend here in Miami because it does have some street circuit features about it. But any battle against Max Verstappen is going to be difficult. I, I still think he, Max will have the measure of him. But let's be honest, all of us, neutral zero, open that. Uh, Sergio Perez can at least give him a run for our money and give us some kind of championship battle this year.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, I was thinking Sergio Perez's praises, but I think we have to be realistic that the only races he's won so far for Red Bull are on street circuits in Baku, Monaco, uh, Baku twice, actually, if you think about it, uh, and in Singapore as well, so, and, and Jeddah, no less. So, you know, you look at those circuits and you think, okay, Perez, whilst he can be considered king of the streets, I don't think he's the fastest driver on street Circus. I think that title is reserved for one of the drivers in the red cars. But, um, you know, at, at the same time, I do feel that Sergio Perez is definitely driving very, very well. He's technically won more races than Max Verstappen this season, if you include the sprint race as well. So, you know, there's no reason why he can't do it. But I, I agree that if he's going to put up a serious championship challenge he has to start doing it on the regular circuits. It can't just be street circuits. Um, Otherwise, he's waiting until Stefano Domenicali turns his championship into a street circuit series, which I can't see happening anytime soon. Um, I mean, well, well, let's hope not, but uh, (laughs) I'm sure Perez won't mind if he's going to be ruling them all the time. We've got,
2: we've got formulary for that. That's
0: what I'll say.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I mean, Lee, what are your thoughts on this one?
0: I I personally, I do agree that it's, probably too early to consider him a uh, in back in the championship. However, this is probably going to be one of his best chances to be in the championship. And as I said on Sunday, he should look at how the championship fight was between Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton over their time together, especially 2016. And even a- Andy Davison has uh, suggested that Sergio needs to follow Nico's rule book and just get inside Max's had ruin Max's equilibrium. We already know Max can flare up He if he doesn't get the result he wants or he can't get the car in the sweet spot or there's something wrong with the car that he just um, can't get find the balance. He's where Sergio is very more calm and collected in that manner. And if he can use that to his advantage like Nico did with Lewis, um, then it, he can definitely pull himself into the title fight. But I do agree with the point that the You need to win on normal circuits, not just street circuits. Um, He he could win all the street circuits this season, but if Max wins all the others, Max will still be champion. So um, he, he definitely needs to do more, but he's already doing more than he did last year. Agreed. Yeah. So let's move on
1: now to the really fun part. The uh, part that we were talking about earlier, we're going to do our predictions for this weekend's Miami Grand Prix. Please feel free to play along at home with us or let us know if you are watching this on YouTube, what your predictions are for each category in the comments section. Of course, don't forget to like the video and subscribe to the channel. And uh, just to recap, as I said already, uh, we do give points for each category and a extra two points for a bowl predictions if it does come in. Right now, Lee is leading the way. On 11 points, I'm in second with nine, and Courtney is in third in eight. So all to play for right now. This could be the championship story of the season, quite frankly, depending on how things go. So the first category that we're going to do is the best surprise this weekend. Now, of course, the best good surprise, if you want to be specific. So, uh, Courtney, I am going to come to you. What is going to be the best surprise, or who is going to be the best surprise this weekend?
2: You're going to love me for saying this, Adam. I'm going to say Ferrari. Oh, do elaborate. So I think there was calls for optimism. I think particularly the um, qualifying pace and also the race itself. Um, The club in particular put in some uh, quite impressive laps towards the end of the race. And I think it's the first time since pre-season that Red Bull have kind of uh, had one eye looking on, uh, on the opposition I, I don't know if they've done anything particular with upgrades or they've found a solution with the top uh, with the uh, the engine, which means they might be able to run it at a more optimum pace. But we're seeing that both Shoulder Clare and um, Carlos Sainz can do a good job on a street circuit, and as I've already said, Miami can does offer some street circuit um, features. So I think Ferrari are going to follow on. An encouraging weekend. I think they're going to follow on. Continue to refine the. Ch- changes that they've made over the break and uh, continue to get stronger
1: yeah it's an interesting point on Ferrari because I personally don't think Ferrari made a step forward in Baku I know it seems on the surface that they might have done or at least ironed out some deficiencies in their car I just think that for once this season they had a clean weekend or one that they didn't really make any mistakes or there wasn't any errors from the drivers signs ideally would have preferred to have had a more optimal setup but I still think P5 was probably the max he would have achieved anyway given how good Alonso was in the Aston Martin and then of course you've got that factor in Charles Leclerc the star factor that he has one thing that only a few drivers on this grid right now seem to have and you know that can be invaluable to a team like Ferrari so I think there's more to come from Ferrari but I think it just maximised the sum of its parts that weekend and did a good job. And hopefully they will do the same this weekend. Lee, who's going to be your best surprise this weekend?
0: Well, you're, just based on what you just said, I, I um, wasn't agree with Courtney, but uh, I'm not going to change my mind. I'm still going to agree <laughs> with Courtney and say Ferrari. Um, for obviously similar reasons Courtney just said, but I also think that for the reason you just said that they had their first clean weekend, especially from what Charles, although it does apply to Carlos, it starts to build the confidence in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we already saw different circuit, different characteristics, I know, different weather situation. If Charles was involved in the qualifying. He was involved in the fight in the first few laps. That gives him confidence to then attack Miami more than he would have um, Then in the first few races of the season. So he can feel like he can not that much has changed, but he can feel that he can go and be involved in the fight for pole. He may still be a few tenths off, but he has the confidence to push more than he did. And the same with Carlos, having that set-up problem in Baku wouldn't have helped him, but he was still relatively there. So it gives him more confidence that I've had a clean weekend, if the car set was wrong, but if I get the setup right, I can be closer to Charles. And he can push for himself, and I think that they will both have a good weekend or the team as a whole because they've now had that clean weekend to build the confidence which they haven't had the opportunity to have.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good point and um, I think an understated element of Charles Leclerc's confidence or what he's found recently not just the podium that he got in Baku and, and the two pole positions, if you like from the sprint and, and the main race is the influence that Fred Vasseur is having on the team. Now, it's quite hard to see how that in action you know, um, when it's all happening behind closed doors. But at the same time, um, Charles Leclerc has been very vocal on Fred Vasseur. He's said that he feels very confident that he can win a world championship under Fred Vasseur. He's worked under Matty Bonotto as well. And, and with all due respect to Matty, he's not saying that it's not better or worse, just different. He won't go into details, but he did say that Fred has a good medium and long-term vision for the team. And he has no doubt that he's the one that can lead Ferrari back to the top. And Fred has proved before that he knows which screws to turn in order to be successful. So Charles right now seems very buoyant. And maybe this is what a good result can really do for your confidence. He was very down in the dumps the last few races. And now that he's got that under his belt, he's finally got his championship going. I think he's the right way of putting it. So yeah, I, I can almost agree with you guys on that one. And I say almost because my best surprise of, of this weekend is not Ferrari or Charles Leclerc in particular. I am going to go for Oscar Piastri. I think he's going to get points this weekend. And I think something we didn't actually mention this, Lee, in the review that we we kind of missed. But Oscar Piastri finishing P11th didn't do a bad job in qualifying as well. And he kept with his teammate, Lando Norris, who, you know, with all due respect, his race was kind of compromised as well to a degree. Um, being stuck behind Ocon and Hulkenberg on those hards all that time until they're pitted towards the end. Not that it would have mattered because he was best of the rest anyway. But Oscar Piastri wasn't well last weekend. He was struggling with sickness and he battled through that and still got some decent results. He didn't get any points, unfortunately, but he did quite well. So I feel that, you know, at a race that McLaren are going to want to do well in America, Oscar Piastri seems to be finding his feet I think he's going to be a big surprise this weekend to a lot of people and I'm expecting him to do a pretty good job and hopefully get some
0: points. Yeah. I mean, that was my second uh, choice after Ferrari. I was making an R and obviously I decided with Ferrari, but I I completely agree that I think this could be his uh, opportunity to show a bit more, Um, obviously feeling better. And I I wouldn't be surprised if he does happen to get there into the points. I mean,
1: yeah, so let's move on to the next category for our predictions, and it is the flop of the weekend. So not a glowing reference by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Courtney, do you want to go first again on this one? Who's your flop of the weekend?
2: It's not going to be a popular choice for the locals, but I think Logan Sargent.
1: OK, and uh, want to elaborate on that one?
2: Yeah, I think so far we've seen glimpses of some great moments from uh, Logan. But at the same time, I feel that he tries a little bit too hard behind the wheel, which leads to making mistakes. And I feel that being in one of his home races, is going to be particularly keen to put on a show, make a statement, and he's going to have a wobbly moment that's going to spoil his race.
1: Yeah, he was um, he was quite unlucky in, what was it, was it spring qualifying? That did he, did yeah. he had that crash, yeah. Because he got he got unsighted by the Ferraris ahead of him. It, obviously, they weren't blocking him or doing anything. It was just because of the traffic. And, you know, you lose your focus for half a second or even less time than that. And then you make a mistake and b- completely bin it, which is what happened to him. So, I mean, that Williams is going to be rapid, though, in the straight lines. We saw that in Baku, that they've got so much straight line speed. So, you know, it might be a good weekend for Logan, but there's going to be pressure on him in his home race. So I can't disagree with you, Courtney. Um, Lee... What about you, mate? Who's
0: going to be your flop of the weekend? I promise Courtney and I haven't um, collaborated before <laughs> the recording. <laughs> we you, have not discussed this in I'm just going to say terms. this now before
1: you go any further. Courtney, you do realise if you keep copy or if Lee keeps copying you, because yeah. you go first, I'm going to have to swap the order in a minute. You can't yeah, beat exactly, him overall. You know. you know, if it's a sweat tactic that comes second at least, I mean, fair enough. But uh, you've got to try and win this,
0: mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... I'm not trying to copy Courtney, honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would—I was going to say uh, Logan Sargent because of he hasn't had a stellar, stellar uh, performance so far this season. He has made some silly mistakes. Um, and the fact that this is his first home Grand Prix in Formula 1, and I think, he, as Courtney mentioned, he, I think he tries too hard and he's overdriving the car. He's not as one with the car as Alex is. And I just feel the pressure of his home Grand Prix is just going to overwhelm him and he will do something um, silly that is going to be race-ending for him. Um, and it's just going to be unfortunate uh, for Williams having another uh, incident.
1: Yeah, I I hope my one is almost a bit of a jinx and that he actually has a good weekend, but I, I feel like I've been holding off on this for a while now and I'm going to go Valtteri Bottas to be my flop this weekend I don't know what's going on with Valtteri right now I know the car's not that good so you know that must be acknowledged I just for what it, for whatever reason he's just not really performing I know he had a great result a few races ago in, in what was it Bahrain where he finished in the in PA or something like that and um, I just think since he's not really been at the races quite literally at all I know he's had some bad luck with reliability and all the other stuff but um, he's not, you know, Joe Guanyu's outperforming him at the moment. And um, I am not confident right now that in that car, is really feeling it. I think that is affecting his performance. Considering last season, he was fighting for P7 with the Mercedes duo. I think it's going to be a complete contrast from this weekend. So uh, I'm not confident for Valtteri, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I think it, towards the back of the grid, it's, it's so compact and we love it. We love to see battles... I think apart from the team at the front, it's actually quite close. But then the flip side to having close battles, if you're one of those teams, you have to be on it every single week. And you have to be on it with the development race. And we know that in the past, Alfa Romeo have been caught sleeping with the development the way that have as well. So that might come into it. And we have seen that with Valtteri in the past, if the uh, development isn't going the way that he likes and he doesn't feel like he's able to compete, he can sometimes switch off and mentally not be there. So this could already be happening for him.
1: Yeah, no, totally understandable. Um, let's move on to our next category, pole position. So, Lee, I'm going to let you go first on this one. Who's uh, okay, on pole position you. in Miami?
0: Wow. All right, Courtney, let's see if you've got a copy copy of me. Um, So for me, I think Max Verstappen will be on poll. (laughs) Um, By Courtney's reaction, um, (laughs) I can guess what he's going to be. But my reasons for him being on poll is I think he's going to come into this weekend fired up from his perspective of a bad weekend. He was beaten by his teammate in the sprint he was beaten by his teammate in the the main event he was beaten to both poles by charles and for him it was a completely horrible weekend from his point of view by other drivers point of view i mean second and still very good uh, weekend but he's going to be completely fired up and he will want revenge on sergio he will want revenge on charles and uh, obviously revenge on george but he obviously doesn't plan to be racing the track with george so he'll be fired up and he'll be going for pole position and he'll he'll obviously be trying to get several tenths over second place just to make it clear that he's the the king of the streets, not Sergio.
1: So how about you, Courtney? Who's on pole position this weekend?
2: Yeah, as you probably guessed, Max Verstappen. Completely agree with everything that you said, Lee. But you forgot one thing that will motivate him. I am pretty certain... After having a bad weekend, Max would have got a good bollocking from his dad. We know that happens, so <laughs> he'll have been he'll have been given a good earful from his dad, saying you should be winning every single week, treating him like a robot. So he'll he'll come back with his dad's threats behind him, and he'll uh, he'll go on to that next level that we know he's uh, capable of going to.
1: Just a random one: Have either of you been on TikTok lately? Because for whatever reason, I keep getting recommended on the for you page um highlights of the max verstappen documentary and in particular it's the clip where he talks about the kart race where he traveled 17 hours with his dad for has that crash with that guy he's fighting in the championship with and then it's the story about his dad after that race not talking to him because he's so angry at him and then just leaving him at a petrol garage and driving off is it just me or have you guys got that too? it
2: is just you but yeah you seeing like You've seen how that almost distraught Yoss is whenever Max doesn't like get the result that he feels um, he should be getting, and I don't know. I I, I feel I have mixed opinions on it. Like obviously, sometimes tough love can take people to that next level, but I think it has also contributed to the complex character that Max Verstappen is. But I'm not going to go into a deep psychology here. But I think it's clear to see that dynamic isn't very well hidden.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because I always remember the article that he wrote on Max's website about the issues at Red Bull and Sergio Perez after the Monaco race. Um, what was it last year or the year before? And um, I was kind of expecting something similar, but then I forgot that if there is an article, not that I've read anything on there or I've heard anything, it probably would have been about George Russell last weekend. <laughs> so there's probably too much to focus on. If you're like, no, you get the headlines, George. Don't worry, about the team get a let off after uh, also the safety car strategy as well. Um, Pole position for me, I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go Charles Leclerc. I think Charles has proven that right now he is the fastest driver in Formula 1 over one lap at the moment. And the Red Bull still has a big advantage, but in qualifying, it's only like a 10th or two at the most when the drivers are really on it. And I think we can all agree on a street circuit, Leclerc can make up that difference when all things are going for him. And after what we saw in Baku, the incredible laps that he put in in not only the sprint, but also the main qualifying session as well. It certainly wasn't a fluke. I can't see any reason why he won't fancy himself to get pole again. I mean, at the moment, it's just to sort of keep the red balls behind for a few laps, but uh, I'm backing my guy Charles to get pole position in Miami this weekend. Do
2: you know, if it was a flat bloody DRS thing that they've, they've got going with the, uh, with the suspension, it might make for some more interesting races because I don't think the raw pace is as bad or the, the deficit is as bad as we may think it's just it's just so easy for them to overtake which takes away you know sometimes the hold that factor at the front that we have seen in races on like years gone by the Red Bull have this advantage with the suspension that it's not an issue for them anymore
1: no But I also do feel that on these street circuits, these are the tracks in particular where Red Bull are more likely to struggle, relatively speaking, because the advantages that they have, particularly over one lap, are mitigated more on street circuits than they are on the regular ones for a plethora of reasons that we're not going to divulge in in this particular episode. Um, Let's talk about the next one, the race winner. So you guys got Max on pole. I've got Leclerc on pole. My race winner, I am going to go... Bold again and go Sergio Perez. He's on Ooh. a bit of a run and it's another street circuit. I know he didn't win here last year in Miami. Max won here last year. I I don't know. I, I think Perez is in a bit of a purple patch at the moment. I've, and, and you know, it's only been a week. So he's still going to be feeling pretty handy. So there's absolutely no reason why he can't win the race again this weekend. And hopefully he does because the championship will get very, very spicy if he puts it i mean he can't not be in the question for the championship because of how close the deficit is but if he wins again it will start to uh, raise a few eyebrows
2: yeah look the, the neutral in me would really hope to see that happen he'll take the
1: lead to
0: the championship won't he, if he wins this he weekend he will yeah if max comes second in the fastest lap then i think it will be On a comeback wins. of race wins which yeah. perez will still have will be sergio yeah. yeah
2: oh wow that that would that would really make things interesting but I'm just I'm just gonna watch Lee's reaction as I say this. <laughs> I have <laughs> I have Max Verstappen to win the race.
1: <laughs> I mean in fairness, to suggest that either Red Bull is gonna win is yeah. not exactly wow, that's an incredible prediction. Um I think Max was is probably the favourite anyway. So uh but for the benefit of all doubt, Lee, are you and Courtney aligned again?
0: I was actually happy that we're not alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Just to prove that we we haven't been discussing it. I'm actually agreeing with you, Adam, and I believe it's Sergio Perez for the second the reasons that you said that his confidence is at all-time all high. Two wins in a row, yes, one's a sprint. He's beaten Max in two events. He's going to another street circuit that he's already going to be believing in himself that he's the king of the streets because he's already won on the street circuits, obviously all the hype that he's the king of the street. So, I mean, it's very easy to believe the hype, when, especially when you you feel like you've proven it yourself. And he, he was going to go out and he'd be like, yeah, I've got this. And he will uh, find a way or find a lap time or tyre management or all matter um, of the three um, and he will come out on top.
2: Yeah, I think the tyre management definitely played a part. I think there was a lot of talk about the um, the safety car messing up Max's race. And I think sometimes people forget that Sergio Perez was on the verge of overtaking Max at the moment that Max pitted because Sergio was doing a better job preserving the tyres, particularly given that Sergio Perez was right at the back of Max Verstappen. If anybody should have had more problems with their tyres, it should have been Sergio. But in fact, it was the other way around. So I still think that Sergio Perez has that tyre management advantage over Max, particularly on street circuits. So, it's, it's, it's a good point.
1: So let's move on to the next category, and that is the podium. So we've already predicted our race winners, so we're not going to get an extra point for predicting the winner and their first on the podium. This one's worth two points, and this is for the second and third placed finishes. So let's go to Lee first, so there's no chance of him copying anyone in their predictions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Floor is okay, yours, my well, friend. <laughs> if any of you copy me, the <laughs> yeah, Canadians can go back the other way. Um, no, so for me, it second is going to be Max Verstappen, a third is going to be Charles Leclerc. Get it?
1: Yeah, uh, well, at, at the risk of sounding like a copycat and a hypocrite, I'm going to agree with you, Lee. I'm, I'm going with Max second and the Claire third as well. Courtney, how about you, mate?
2: Yeah, going Sergio Perez second and a clean sweep with Charles Leclerc getting that final spot.
1: Fair enough. No takers for Fernando Alonso. He was pretty close last week and he's a F one serio third place finish at the moment.
2: i i i am I've starting to get my face back in um the shoulder clerk Ferrari dynamic after last week. And long may it continue because he, he sh shoulder should be up there competing with the best.
1: Well it will be interesting to see how Aston Martin and in particular Fernando Alonso react to not finishing on the podium when they probably felt they had the pace to do so obviously it's something they've been used to and uh, yeah they're certainly going to be in a fight which is obviously what we all want to see next category best of the rest so to clarify what we're talking about here we are talking about the driver that finishes highest excluding the top four teams so that's Red Bull Aston Martin Ferrari and Mercedes in no particular order so I'm going to go first on this one no-brainer Lando Norris I think he's been phenomenal already this season, something that doesn't surprise many of us that have followed him for a while. He got a great result this weekend in Baku. Great drive, really fast at the moment. The McLaren upgrades do seem to be doing the trick. Only it's worth a few temps, but it does seem to have propelled them forward in this midfield battle. And I'm back in Lando again to have another great weekend.
2: Yeah, um, I might as well uh, give mine away, Adam. And this time I'm copying you. I'm going with Lando <laughs> as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you noticed the uh, obviously the McLaren upgrades working because that might have gone under the radar given that Lando Norris's race was ruined by the safety car and um, Oscar Piastri, has already said, he was it was ill not with just any old illness. It was I, I, I believe it was food poisoning. So as you know that that takes everything out of you and to perform at that level just after recovering from food poisoning. That takes a lot of doing so. I think we have a lot more to see from the McLaren boys. And look, we're just worried about them at the beginning of the season. So let's hope this horn for them continues.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. And, um, Lee, where are we going? Is it a clean sweep for Lando, or have you gone for someone else this weekend? Uh,
0: it's a clean sweep for Lando Norris, um, for the exact reasons that you've both mentioned. Um, yeah, he's going to be on it, he's got the confidence. From the upgrades, yeah, obviously there could be some track-specific circumstances that gave the good result in Baku. But I think Lando will be the best of the rest. And I think, Adam, based off your predictions, McLaren will be very pleased (laughs) that they're going to get a double points score.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zach Brown is obviously going to want to impress the sponsors. (laughs) So uh, a big double points weekend for McLaren is certainly going to go a long way to impressing them and of course uh trying to think of how much real estate is left on that mclaren for new sponsors but zach brown doing a phenomenal job to make sure he gets any name that will pay them the money to do so so it's just uh, want to make
2: one last point here this is the old british bias on the dnf1 channel at its finest isn't it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think this one is well founded if i'm quite honest so i don't think they'll mind on this occasion let's go to our final category of the weekend the bold predictions and remember it's double points for the bold predictions worth two so I'm not gonna reward any strange bonuses like I did last time for you Leon safety cars um <laughs> Courtney I'm gonna to go to you first mate yeah. what is your bold prediction
2: my predictions gonna be bold to well, be... I should hope so <laughs> to those. <laughs> to those who don't listen regularly, but for regular listeners, it's not going to be too bold because there's someone I always back to get into the points, and that is Alex Albon. I, I, I think yet again he's been impressive. He's been impressive. With the Williams, and I think another thing that we haven't mentioned that there is a threat of rain this weekend in Miami. Apparently, There's one to keep an eye on. So you never know. I think if anybody's going to get in, a, still some a, a few points. We've seen it before, and why can't he do it again?
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty decent one. To be fair, that as I said, the Williams is quite rapid, and Alex has been Alex has been very under not under, understated. We haven't seen too much of Alex, but he's always been very good uh, in terms of where his pace is. The only mistake he's made of any sort of um, how would I say? Uh, the only mistake he's made of any real magnitude is the one in Australia where he threw Absolutely. away a P6. But um, yeah, I think that's a decent one. Lee, how about you, mate?
0: Uh, so my bold prediction, um, similar vein to Courtney, but a different driver, so just to clarify, I'm not <laughs> here, um, is I predict that Lewis is going to outscore George and be in contention in the fight for P3. That's a good one. Um, not saying he's going to get P3, just because obviously my prediction was Charles, but he's going to be in the fight for P3. And the fact that they, the chance of rain occur will... Um, lift his spirits, that um, he could get a a better result than he may otherwise get. Okay,
1: so just for the sake of quantifying this particular prediction, because yep. I don't think that's too bold, if I'm honest, in terms okay, okay, of Lewis can, being in the fight. I can use a different one if you want. But, but how about if um if I give you a point for that one, if Lewis is in that particular fight and up there with them, but another point if it rains as well. Is okay. that fair? Yeah. yeah? Uh, Lee, I, just,
2: I like the back of your point, actually. That's, that's a good one. Because, you know, we were talking about the lack of practice sessions last weekend. We all know that Mercedes this year, there's there's a sweet spot with this car. And if they don't get into that sweet spot, they tend to struggle compared to the opposition. Going into this weekend, it's a traditional format. So they're going to have the, the traditional practice sessions. So they'll be more likely to find that sweet spot. So in theory, they should be more competitive.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Do you know, it's funny, we've been recording now for 40 minutes and I think this is the first time that any of us have mentioned Sir Lewis Hamilton. So you can (laughs) throw that British bias out the window there. It's gone.
2: Sir Lewis, It's gone.
1: (laughs) We've got to get a few of those in just to make up for the time we haven't mentioned him. Um, My bold prediction is, uh, I think this is quite bold. At some point this weekend on the coverage, we are going to see... Because we've got the new uh, the marina has got some actual water in it this weekend. I think we're going to see a shot of someone diving into the pool at some <laughs> point this weekend on the coverage of not random what, I don't know when it's going to happen I think I think that's a pretty bold one mm. just to so sell
0: Perez diving in to celebrate his win is that <laughs> <what you're about? laughs> or, or yeah. betting it <laughs>
1: Danny Ricardo showing his true Red Bull colours because obviously this is like a second home for him so I bet he'll be there this weekend with the new Red Bull liveries that we're going to be seeing in Miami as well we almost forgot to mention that at some, maybe oh, that, would... that's,
2: that's hmm. a Bob prediction Red Bull going to have an interesting livery
1: well no because they're, they're doing the, yeah, the fan yeah, yeah. one I can't remember what they call it but um... Um, it's one of like a few in America that they're doing. So, um, yeah, we're going to see different looking Red balls this weekend. But, um, uh, yeah, maybe Daniel will jump in the pool or something random like that. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. But, um, no, I'm going to be bold enough and say I reckon at some point someone will dive into the pool over the course of the weekend. Um, but that's all our predictions, guys. Let us know yours in the comment section below for all of our categories. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. I yeah. hope you guys did too. Of course, if you did, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Really helps us out a lot. Uh, we're trying to get to 2,000 subs by the end of the year, so help us out. And uh, if you think we're worthy of it, get, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. I think we're going to wrap it up there now, guys. So until next time, please stay safe. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And we'll see you in the next episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast. And uh, remember, as always, if you're not first, you'll probably be DNF1. Take care.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.